Welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rizak. This is the show that gives you insights and resources in how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. Hello, listeners. I hope you're doing well. I would like to thank a few listeners at the top of the show. I'd like to thank Kyle Johnson in Sun Valley, Idaho. Thanks, Kyle. I'd like to thank Landry Christofferson in Seattle. Thanks for listening, buddy. And lastly, I'd like to thank Rich McGee in St. Petersburg, Florida. Thank you, my brother. Appreciate your support. In today's episode, we will continue with our conversation with Allison Armstrong. In this next segment with Allison, we're going to talk about men and anger. We're going to talk about the different communication styles that men and women have and how to better understand the other gender. And we will touch on the hashtag MeToo movement. It was just a matter of time before we address this, and Allison does it with her usual compassion, humanity, and wisdom. Here's the second part of my interview with Allison Armstrong. I recently was on your website, and I read the article. Um, you wrote one called Men, Superficial or Super Perceptive. Yes. It was such a good article. I, I highly recommend men go and read this article. I thought it was totally spot on. You know, it, it basically said that men are picking up on way more than you think they are. They're picking up on your body language and your facial expressions, your overall vibration. They're, they're kind of picking up and making some quick assessments. And I think it's spot on, but I wanted to flip it a little bit and ask you, what types of things do men unconsciously, like what do you pick up from us? You know, what are we unconsciously putting out there that maybe we're like, whoa, maybe I need to do a little inner work there. I need to clean that up or you know, I didn't know that when I'm angry, everybody feels it or, or um, you know, what, what, is, what are some things that you pick up on us that maybe we think we're containing, you know, oh, she doesn't know that I'm bored or, you know, I've been bored for a year or whatever, whatever it is that the man might be going through. Yeah, it's um, one of the things that, one of the biggest things I, I notice is that men, you guys think that you are concealing your anger. and. I actually spent a bunch of time just studying this one thing, anger in men, which I, I got a clue from because I started on bioidentical testosterone. And in doing that, I had this, um, <laughs> I had a very high number of testosterone, way more than a woman really should have. You did. I did. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes, I was I was close to as close to 300 in total testosterone, which would be not good for a man, but very high for a woman. And I became um I felt like I was like an atom bomb. I got angry and I it felt like my whole body was steaming isn't even the word. Like my whole body was going to explode with this anger. And I couldn't stop it. Mm -hmm. I couldn't get off of yep. that. I couldn't stop being angry. And when I first experienced it, and I remember like exactly where I was, exactly what was happening. In fact, it's right in front of me right now. I thought, oh my gosh, if this is what men experience, no wonder it's such a big thing for a man to get a grip on his emotions. Mm -hmm. No wonder men don't respect men who don't have a grip on their emotions. Because if their emotions are like this, holy crap, right? Yeah. And as I studied it by talking to a lot of men, I got to find out that um, my husband would come and say, can I talk to you? And I would say, 
uh, could you unbunch your shoulders first? <laughs> yeah. Right? Because they were like up around his ears. And I finally found out that a man's shoulders bunch like that, the way one man put it was, imagine that there's a Tasmanian devil and he's in a can and you have the lid on the can and you're sitting on the lid to keep him from getting out of the can. Yeah. <laughs> That's what those bunch shoulders are. Totally. <laughs> and I didn't know that. I was just sensing this boiling emotion that I literally couldn't converse in the face of. Right? Can I no. talk to you? Like, no, actually, I can't. Not when you're like that. Totally. And yeah, and you guys think when you have a grip on your anger like that, that we actually can't tell that you're furious. Yeah. And you being furious is terrifying to us. We can't hardly think straight around a man who's angry. So that's one of the things I think you guys think you conceal that and you don't. And I think you guys think that we can't tell when you're not listening. And I did this. I was so bad. I did this to a man on an airplane. People, you know, they just confessed to me. They just tell me about their life. And he was talking about having a lot of arguments with his wife. And then the attendant came along and asked him, did he want any food? And he took out the menu and started reading the menu. And I asked him a question while he was reading the menu. Yep. And he went, uh-huh. <laughs> so you used that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so he went, he, he nodded and went, uh-huh. And, and when he was done, I'm like, um, I think I can tell you part of the problem you're having. Yep. <laughs> you yep. have been trained to mollify your wife when she's talking about things that are putting you to sleep and you can't mm -hmm. figure out what the point is. And so you've tuned out, it, but you've conditioned yourself to keep doing the, uh-huh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah um, yeah. mm, mm, mm-hmm. And you don't know that she's asking you questions to which you've just made a commitment. Right. And then you're breaking a promise and you're scum because you can't be trusted. And you don't even know that you said yes to anything. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I'm sure this is sounding a little familiar to a lot of men out there, this kind uh -huh. of pattern. Because the way uh -huh. that you described the, the estrogen earlier, sometimes the conversation can touch on a lot of points rapidly, right? And so there's a point where you're, as a man and you're listening, you're just like, is there a through line here? Is there a question? Uh -huh. Does she need something here? You know, uh -huh. and she's unpacking. She's unpacking it all. And, um, and there is, and oftentimes there is, you know, uh, this is what I really want to know from you, or this is what I want your input on. But if you don't hang in there, if you're just going to tune out and go, uh-huh, uh-huh, you're going to miss the whole thing. You're going to agree to something that you weren't sure you were agreed upon or, or whatnot. But um, it's, a, it's a pattern that I, I did for a long time, and I, ha and I still do it. And I still have to catch myself going, no, 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 just listen. This, 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 she needs to unpack this, and there's going to be something that you need to give input on or help her figure out or she's going to ask you something specific you know and mm. so and and it does go that way <laughs> there's a lot gonna of be a test. <laughs> yes there's, there is going to be a test you better be listening yes so i asked men about women talking and what happens to them and and one man put it really well and a whole bunch of others i tested it out on and he said uh he said well first she's talking and i'm wondering what the point is and then I start wondering, is there a point? And then I think, how am I going to remember all this? And right after that, I check out. Yep. 
<laughs> yep. Sounds familiar. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And so we we work on both sides of that. I teach women, and I've been really hard on them lately about this because I interact with the people in our online curriculum. I, I talk to them, I don't know, it's like 12 hours a month or something. And I'll take their question, and they'll just start telling me the whole backstory or what happened. And I'll say, okay, so do you know that you just gave me a bunch of things, but you didn't give me a basket to put it in first? <laughs> and I'll, I'm like, see if you can start with the question. See if you can start with, this is what I want from you. Look to the end. At the end of our time together, you got what you wanted. Start with telling me what it is. And you have to overcome all your instincts. Because to a woman, to reveal at the beginning, we don't want to take you down a garden path where you're naturally going to say yes. We don't want to say at the beginning what we need from you and then have to overcome your objections. We want to anticipate all your objections and smooth them over before you get invested in them. Okay. I see. Oh, yeah. 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 And so I keep working with women to get to the point. Just like start by stating the point. Because if you start by telling me what you want from me, then everything you say, I can filter in service to producing that result for you. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so, it's so hard for women to learn to do. So you can have compassion for us. That's helpful. The other thing, what you call unpacking, we call it holding the trash. One way to think about it is, so imagine your wife in this diffuse awareness, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And so her environment is not screened. It's like, actually we call it emptying a basket. It's like going through a grocery store with a basket and anything that you notice out of the corner of your eye jumps into your shopping cart. Hmm. And you have to take it home. But it's not just the things that you see. It's also the things that you hear and the things that you feel. And you've got to take it all home. And by the time you get home, you're full. You're full of all this. And you're so full, you can't take any more. And you can't be compassionate. And you can't listen to your husband even though he's your favorite person. And so you've got to empty your basket in order to be able to take any more in. And yeah. that's why we start talking. And, and the, <laughs> the mistake men make, I love you guys, and the mistake men make is you say, how was your day? And that is the invitation to vomit it all out. And then we're vomiting it all out and you glaze over and that hurts our feelings so mm-hmm. much. Should we not ask how your day is or is there a better question for that? <laughs> yes, yes. There is. There, there are several better questions. One better question, and this also helps because most women, you, you talked about the feminine. Most women don't get to spend their day being feminine. Right. Most women have to spend their day producing results mm-hmm. and being in hunting mode, which is exhausting. So a great question to ask, is there anything you want me to know about your day? Hmm. Okay. It's a little different. Yeah. yeah. Because then that has her actually check. Because have you noticed that women have this commitment to accuracy? Mm-hmm. I have. Like if you say, we talked about that on Tuesday, she'll say, no, it was Wednesday. Right. And you're like, no. what does it matter whether it was Tuesday or Wednesday? Right? I've, noticed, I've noticed this, yes. <laughs> yes. And a woman will think, well, if you'll lie about what day it is, what, what else are you lying about? 
a man's thinking, we talked about it. I get that, right? <laughs> like, you know, exactly. Yeah, Isn't we, the point that we talked about it? Yes. We, right? got, yeah. Yes. Let's move on. We did talk about that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But our survival depends on this incredible accuracy. If you think of us as gatherers, mm-hmm. we got to bring home things that are edible, not poisonous. So our survival depends on this precision and accuracy. So, Tony, if you said to me, Allison, how are you? If you said it like that, so how are you? Well, my instinct for accuracy, it would be an incomplete answer if I didn't tell you about my mental state, my emotional state, my physical state. Right. <laughs> how's my, and then everything I care about. How's my business doing? How's my horse and her knee? How are Claire and Harvey now that they're married? How am I doing after, I don't know, did you know that my husband died six weeks ago? Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So how's yeah. that going? Yeah. Right? Like, I'd have to tell you, I'd have to report to you about everything or I would be inaccurate. Right. Okay. And the whole tribe might die from my right. failure in precision. Got it. Got it. <laughs> That's why I recommend don't ever say, how are you? Okay. You could say, is there anything you want me to know about your day? That's right. way better than how's your day going? Because then you got to hear all about it. One of the things I'm really excited about for ages, like, I don't know, 15 years or something, is women had to do our Understanding Men course before they could do our Understanding Women course. And a lot of women are like, screw it. I don't want to understand men. Right. <laughs> right? Like yep. they're, they have that attitude. And because women don't understand why they do what they do, because most women are afraid they're crazy, We dishonor ourselves all the time and we cave, we adapt, we don't speak up, right? We don't give you men the information that you need. Honey, this is the best way to help me feel safe. Mm -hmm. Do this, don't do this. Like just clear information, right? These are the best ways to have me feel loved. Do this, don't do this. (laughs) That gives, that takes away. We could tell you all that, except for we'd have to first accept that it's okay to need what we need. So what I'm really excited about is we've opened up understanding women for women to be able to do first. Men and women can do it. And men and women can do it together. Couples can do it together. And it, I mean, just like this conversation, right? We've done probably 20 minutes worth of understanding women information, but it prevents so many upsets and conflicts and wars and it's just refocusing women on men are, yeah, let me put it this way. So there's this hashtag me too, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And like I said, I'm all about partnership. So one of my favorite questions is what is my part? And until women own their part of speaking up about what's okay and what's not okay, we're never going to handle this. We're, we're never going to handle normal human behavior called the abuse of power or just pursuing one's own needs. Right. Women, women do it too, right? But until when a man does something that a woman's uncomfortable with, what she usually does is just go silent. Mm-hmm. Her body stiffens and she goes silent. She doesn't speak up for herself. And you were talking about what do men give off that you don't know women are sensitive to? Men are not sensitive to that. Right. Men don't know that silence means that wasn't okay. Testosterone makes your brain in such a way that it just interprets it a different way. 
anything we let people do, we train them to do. And women don't know until we stand up for ourselves and say that wasn't okay, that men don't actually know that wasn't okay. Right. That crossed the line. You don't know that. You don't know what crossed the line until a woman says, hey, line. And yeah. men have told me, you know, for nearly 30 years, you, you got to be direct. You got to be clear. You got to hit me with a brick. Subtlety doesn't work. Yes. And it's not because men are stupid. It's because of the way your brain's focused, which is brilliant and awesome. And thank goodness for it. Right? But it means we, we have to speak up for ourselves. Mm. And women won't speak up for themselves until what they need is validated. They think they should be okay with that. Right. Is, it, is this making sense? I know I went yes. into a sensitive area, but no, it's, no, it's good. It's good. I'm glad. To, I'm glad we were talking about it. Um, because we we haven't really addressed it a whole lot. I knew it would come up, and I was just going to let my guests kind of unpack some things. Because you know it, the whole thing with the Me Too, it's it's men have behaved badly, and you know for my own work, I'm just like, what can I own that's a projection? Like I was just mortified by someone like Harvey Weinstein, like that behavior. I'm like, God, like why do you, what are you doing that for? But where have I, when I was younger, where have I crossed the line or was inappropriate? I can be inappropriate. So just acknowledging that it's not over there with some bad seeds, that there's something with men that's like maybe needs a direct approach or that we need to be more sensitive and aware of tendencies that things could be taken the wrong way. You know, maybe, maybe we're at the age of refining what men do. You know, I live in Seattle, so it's very politically correct, but I'm seeing a lot less. Like when I was younger, I saw a lot of kind of bad, almost like frat boy behavior, right? Like cat calls and all that. That was like just part of what we grew up in. And now I'm like, I would be mortified. I'd be like, what's he doing? You know, calling out to that woman in a dress. Who is this idiot? You know? And so, but I'm older, you know, I'm older. So I've evolved, but I also think the conversations have started to train men of like, look, that's not cool, dude. That's not cool to be making that young woman feel weird, you know, like stop it, you know? And so I think I see a lot of men policing other men on it. But like I said, I'm in a very blue state. Uh, I don't know if that's the case in, in other areas. I don't know. Can I, can I tell you two things? Yeah. One's a, one's a short story. So one is ask Leslie to give you the link to okay. the webinar I did on hashtag me too. Okay. Um, and just, I just have a really different perspective on it and humanity. It's not a, it's not a man woman problem. It's a, it's a human thing. And the other thing is from studying men, I got to find out mostly men wanted to talk to me about women. And I got to find out how overwhelmed men can be by women, mm-hmm. by the beauty, by the magic, oh, by the sexuality, yes. by the, like, it like just, <gasps> Yes. Oh my gosh, right? It makes us cross-eyed. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 And an, a normal human reaction to being overwhelmed or overtaken by, even in a good way, is to objectify. We literally reach for a handle. You know, so whether it's a, a father and his two-year-old daughter is screaming and yelling and he just thinks, brat, right? Now he feels better. He's got a handle on her, right? Right, right. And, Right objectification isn't just sexual, right? Jerk, asshole, man, yeah. right? Yeah. That's objectification, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. right? He's such a man, right? Yeah. What a teenager, right? Objectification. So once I learned about it, I, I found that really when objectification shows up, 
there's just a, there's just a lack of connection. There's a lack of humanity. So I was walking down the street in Atlanta, and I walked by a construction site, and and this, <laughs> and I got catcalls. <laughs> right? I got catcalls. And I had the first reaction that women have, like, that's scary. And then I remembered what I knew. And I turned and I said, good morning. (laughs) (laughs) And these poor guys nearly fell off the apartment building they were working on. They're like, ah, ah. Come on, good morning. Yes. Come on, good morning, ma'am. Uh, uh, you're looking mighty fine today, ma'am. Uh, I'm like, well, thank you. Like, uh, well, y- y'all have a nice day, okay? <laughs> you were the first woman that ever responded to a cat call, right? <laughs> yes, I just, but I just granted him humanness, right? Yes. You're yes. you're worthy of my attention. Yes. And he. He couldn't not grant it back because that's just, how it works. Yeah, he just wanted to tell you, you looked really, you looked beautiful today is really what he wanted to say to you, <laughs> which is bad. Yeah. Thanks for improving the view, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for lighting up my load there for a moment with your beauty. Yeah, um, that's it. Yeah. yeah, so. Well said. Well, thank you so much, Allison. This has been just a delight. I feel like. I learned a bunch in just a short period of time. I can't wait to take some of your courses with my wife. I'm, I'm really excited after having this conversation, and I'm going to recommend it to my listeners. But most of all, I want to thank you for bridging the gap between the genders and creating so much understanding over the past 25 years. You're, you've touched so many people. You've improved so many people's lives. You live in the heart, and you speak your truth, and you just – it's – there's been so much good work done and the people that you've taught have gone on to teach. So thank you so much for your stand for people, for your commitment that we understand each other and that you've done work that's dissolved boundaries and created understanding. I'm just so appreciative of who you are and the work you've done. So thank you for coming on and sharing it with us. Thank you for all of that. And you're welcome. I hope you enjoyed this two-part interview with Allison Armstrong. I will be going to find trainings with her at her website, www.understandmen.com, so join me there. And for those looking for a fresh perspective on the hashtag MeToo movement, Allison has a great webinar on that site, and she presents this topic in a way that doesn't shame anyone, but instead brings our mutual humanity to the forefront, as well as our ability to understand one another. Very cool. So go check that out. Thank you for listening to Basecamp for Men, and we'll see you next week. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Men, good luck in all your endeavors and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac, and you're listening to Base Camp for Men. Mm-hmm.